Hey, do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear... Now, it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Today, it's all Joel. Uh, I had <laughs> no time today. I was all over the place preparing for my journey out to Baltimore, Maryland for the Baltimore Comic-Con this weekend. And when I say weekend, I mean Friday and Saturday. If you were there Sunday, I won't see you because I'll be heading Aww. back by Saturday night. So, sorry about that, man. But, uh, hey, listen, if you want to bump into me, you can go to the Baltimore Comic-Con, and I'll be there both Friday and Saturday. Uh, Saturday, I'll probably leave around 3. So, if you're going to plan on getting the, uh, to Baltimore Comic-Con on Saturday late, don't. If you don't, if you want to, you, uh, you know, jump in and say hey. But, anyway, uh, yeah, so we're going to get into this. So, anyway, because I've been dealing with uh, the trip and my cat is not feeling well, uh, oh. Joel kind of, like, take, the, take point on this one and... Uh, I'm glad because I didn't have to do a lot of prep for this one. It's just, Aww. it's one of those good old-fashioned verses. Uh, do you know what number this is? Because I, I didn't remember which how many how many verses we've done so far. Uh, this is the third. I called this Versus Round 3, and because we talked about it on the anniversary show about growing the concept, instead of comic characters, I tried to focus more on cartoon and action movies, still very much in the nerd genre and in the nerd headspace, but, you know, offering up some different kinds of matchups here. Nice. Well, I'm, I'm ready to get into it. Let's get ready to rumble. All right. Now, it's funny. I had about 10 of these ready to go, and then Sal said before the show started, he got me up to speed and said, Joel, make these good or else people will lose interest. I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's true. I guess I really need to think about this. So I added about 10 more. So even if we don't do all of these, there's still going to be plenty to pick from. Awesome. All right, good. All right, so here, here's one to start off. It's uh, probably something we should devote a whole episode to at some point, but uh, Samurai Jack mm -hmm. finished his newest season just recently. Yes. Love the hell out of Jack. He's a great combatant. You can put him up against just about anybody. Yes, it's true. I, thought it, would be, I yeah. thought it would be fun and thematic to set him up against the Shredder. The Shredder? <laughs> Which I mean, Shredder I, are you going to pin him against? The 2000 Turtles Shredder? The 84 cartoon sh or 87 cartoon Shredder? Or comic book shredder, or movie shredder, like which shredder? This is this is why I'm glad you're here, Sal, because obviously you're much more of an I'm expert more on. Guy than you, yeah. You are. Well, it's funny to research this. I actually sat down and tried to like watch something from each of the turtles thing to try and think of this. But in your estimation, who is the strongest version of the shredder that we can put up against here? So let's let's even table Jack for a second. Let's have a shredder battle royale. Who is the strongest of all the multiversal versions of the shredder? Spoilers: Comic book shredder dies in his first appearance. Yeah, he does. Uh, 84, 87 cartoon Shredder is a clown. Just Bumbling straight up dickus. clown. Voiced by Uncle Phil from, uh, <laughs> West, uh, from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But 
Uh, and I have a soft spot for that one. But dude can't see the forest for, for the trees. He's out oh, as well. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if you ever want to like see something kind of remarkable and spectacular, watch. Uh, that nine, It was in the 2000s. There was a movie where they pit the 1987 cartoon Turtles. And they made up the that. 2000 Turtles. And the 2000 Turtles shredder is pretty hardcore. Mm. As it, as it stands with most versions of the superheroes, the version of the Shredder I have to go with is comic book IDW Shredder. Not Mirage That's the one Shredder. everyone seems to like. IDW Shredder is the one who actually is effective and doesn't, like, die all the time. Right, and, like, people are saying the TMNT one from the 2000s. There was, like, five Shredders in that show, too, because there was the OG ancient samurai guy. There was the Kang Shredder who lived inside him. Then there was, like, Cyber Shredder and a bunch of other ones. That show went through many Shredders. No, it's true. Movie Shredder is a baller, but the problem is... He falls uh, off roofs. He falls off the roof, gets crushed by a garbage press, and then when he actually does manage to become Super Shredder, he literally crushes his own body with a fucking pewter. Yeah. It totally sucks. So <laughs> I'm going to go with IDW Shredder. Let's go with that okay. one because he's actually a force to be reckoned with. Okay, so, you know, we have Jack, of course, master of multiple disciplines. The dude basically had a Batman childhood where he traveled all around the world learning from all the great masters of his day and then continued to learn from all the great masters of the future, learning disciplines that we never even would have thought possible because, you know, there's that whole big arc long there in the newest final season where he loses his sword and clearly masters guns, masters technology, masters all this other stuff as well. Yeah, it's true. Uh... It's Jack. No question. Jack wins every time. I think because he is fueled by like a righteousness that cannot mm. be like equaled. He Jack, is almost Superman in a way. He is almost Superman in that, yeah, like he is uh, undeterred. He is a force to be reckoned with. He is like eternal and mm. un- an incorruptible. Uh, the Shredder in every incarnation loses eventually. And, and I mean, if Shredder can't beat five ninjas, how's he going to beat one samurai? The thing, I don't think that Shredder could beat any one of the turtles. And I think that Jack, and I think Jack could probably beat all of the turtles. Mm, so, now that's a match in and of itself as well. Yeah, Jack versus the turtles would be a fight I'd want to see. The, and while some people mm. might argue that uh, that Jack doesn't cross the line, I I, I submit the recent season. <laughs> Yeah, dude kills. Uh, yeah, a, a quite kills a, a couple people. people. Yeah, with and his with his back against the wall, he will do it. Exactly, and Shredder is is relentless in his own right, which is kind of a plus for him. But, yeah, uh, that will only make Jack fight harder. And I mean, I guess you got to figure too. Even Shredder at his very best is basically in line with everything that Jack fights all the time. Oh, your technology and old world medieval stuff put together. Yeah, I, I got your number. I do this a lot. Yeah. Now, if Shredder were to merge with Aku, that'd be a different story. And it's oh, just a shit. I'd want to see. That's but, a fucking uh, crossover yeah. right there. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah all I right. I give it to Jack. All right. I, 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 I am fine with that. I, I am perfectly all right with that one. Uh... Moving to some more live action movie stuff here, and I think this is only fitting because uh, Kingsman comes out this week. It does. James Bond, the original ultra movie super spy, versus Indiana Jones. Oh my god. Bond versus Jones is a classic argument. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that Jones won when he, when uh, Jones won when he was created. Jones beat Bond 
when he was created. Because if you're not familiar with the story of the origin of Indiana Jones, uh, Spielberg and Lucas were chatting one day, and uh, Spielberg said, I think the time has come in my career where I want to do a James Bond movie. Right. First of all, can you be- can you imagine the reality where Spielberg actually made a James Bond movie? But I digress. That's a tangent in and of itself. That's but, an alternate fun universe. But Lucas goes to Spielberg and he says, Steve, I got something better than Bond. His name's Indiana Smith, and he is going to kick ass. <laughs> and sure enough, they look at this, they, they hash out this treatment, which, by the way, if you've ever looked into, is a really, really spectacular conversation because you'd assume because George Lucas created two of the best and worst trilogies of all time. Sure did. He would probably have been the reason why. Indiana Jones has some silly or dumb elements to it. Mm. Uh, he's kind of like the culprit for why Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is such a garbage fire. Oh but boy! In its inception, you can see the actual like back and forth in real like in real time, like it's an actual transcription of their discussions, where Spielberg wanted to make it really kind of dopey and silly, but Lucas yeah, yeah. was like, "No, it's got to be cool. It's got to be. It's got to be real." And so I really loved that kind of dichotomy. But uh, mm. that's as far as the origin of Indiana Jones is concerned. I, I have another fight kind of similar to that, where it's like, well, realistically, in real life, this guy won. But to compare the characters, I mean, I guess with James Bond, too, you'd fall into a shredder issue as well, where it's like, there's like a dozen James Bond. Which which version are we setting up against Indiana yes. Jones? Because there's only been one. Like, Connery Bond would fight different than Daniel Craig Bond. You I know, think- some... Yeah, would I, have I, more cooler gadgets to make use of. You just gotta put them through the gamut. It's like, alright, Indy versus George Lazen to be Bond. Okay, Indy wins. Okay, yeah. moving on. Indy versus uh, Roger Moore Bond. I say Indy wins. I don't yeah, like Roger does. Moore Bond. So that Neither do I. Move, okay, we both agree. Lo- then he's lo- lo- love Roger Moore, don't like his Bond. No. Um, uh, Indy versus Tim Dalton Bond. That's a fight I'd like to see. I have That's a soft spot cool. for the Tim Dalton Bond, especially if you've ever seen The Living Daylight... Uh, is it the Living Daylights? I think it is. No, I License to one. Kill, you should see. That's the one. Yes. Uh, now, but th- the question with the Dalton Bond is, would he fuck around more doing, like, all the James he Bond He does not. Stick? That one does not fuck around. When Felix is, when thought dead, he immediately goes hardcore. License that's to right. Kill he's is, the Revenge Bond. That's yeah, right. He's the Revenge Bond. And, while, and so that one has no time for bullshit and Indy doesn't have patience for bullshit but he no, suffers he's the guy who literally bit. shoots the sword guy I think that says so much about him yeah um but I think that de- when, the, the deeper you go with Bonds Connery uh, mm. uh Dalton and even Craig mostly because Craig is kind of like is Jason Bourne but in a better suit because I hate Jason Bourne I hate those kinds of spy movies I really don't care for those like shaky cam I'm Mm. a I'm I'm a I'm I'm a mindless weapon that can be triggered I I never got into the Bournes for all those reasons I never got into 24 either for the same reason no exactly I'm not a big 24 fan I'm not a big Bourne fan um, so as such, making James Bond more like Jason Bourne is missing the point of James it, Bond. It robs him of a lot of his character. And even when they try and work like the classic stuff in like, oh, here's Blofeld and here's Spectre. But like a really weird, wrong-headed version of those things. Well, and also like, hey, here's some gadgets. And it's like, he doesn't need them. No, because he just punches people a lot. We all have gadgets. It doesn't work. Um, in, in this day and age, it's true, where it's like, ooh, I have a map. Yeah, it's on my phone. It's called Google Maps. Yeah, exactly. The only thing that you could really impress me with is, like, maybe just the, the smallest of phones or, like, a hollow phone or something. But I think that because of the OP nature of 
James Bond. James Bond never loses. He always wins, and he always finds a way out. And he's a super. Spy. Always looks good doing it. Um, he and he's a super spy. Indy is fallible and human, and makes mistakes. Gets, gets beat up a lot. He gets punched every time. And yeah, he does. He, and he doesn't know. He's a brawler. He's not a hand-to-hand combat kind mm-hmm. of guy. And even when he's a when he's a, when he shoots people, you know, he shoots a man with a sword with a revolver. Yeah, he does. Whereas Bond, of course, has the PP7, and he has like oh yeah, uh, he. It's just harder to deal with. And does does Indy get an edge too for having dealt with more paranormal shit in his time? Like, does that make you tougher if you're able to like overcome fucking Kalima and all no, this other shit? I don't shit? think so. I think that I think that Indy like blindly kind of stumbles through those. He's a fun mm. character. Uh, he's more fun than Bond, which is kind of arguable actually in and of itself. Because if you're if if you're doing Bond right, you're having a blast watching him do his work. But Indeed. I think at the end of the day, Bond's more professional. And really, when you when you get down to it, like Indy is like a mercenary. You know, the dude. Yeah, the dude steals artifacts from cultures to sell to museums in the mm. West. He's so, a grave robber. Yeah, it's it's hard to deal with. Uh, so I. It's, this is also kind of the ultimate battle of style, too. One representing, you know, British uptightedness, and the other one being the ultimate, you know, let's go get them, America. They're you both, know, cereals. They are both wonderful uh, exaggerations of their cultures, and I mm. love them both when they're done properly. But I think that Bond would ultimately get. Bond wouldn't waste any time. Mm. I don't think Indy would want to waste time because Bond would want to say some pithy quote. Honestly, oh, yeah. I, I I gotta give it to Bond just because of his op nature. Bond is kind of a kind of a uh, a Mary Sue. So, he's a bit of a god mod. Yeah, he's a little bit of a god mod. Games. It's like saying Batman versus Bond. That one, like the world explodes. But like little bit, yeah. Indy, the things that make everyone love Indiana Jones make him lose this fight. And plus, I mean, you know, James Bond uh, always has like a long history of escaping the elaborate death trap and everything. I think I can escape a man with a whip. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But God, that'll be a cool fight, though. It would be a it would be a bitchin' fight, and my hope would be to see that battle if it was to the if it was like a you know celebrity death match or like a to mm. the death kind of situation or I death wanna, battle. Yeah, I do not want to see that, but I do want to see. Uh, like a kind of typical crossover where they both show wow. how awesome they are, and then they team up and they fight whoever. I'm surprised that hasn't been a comic thing at some point because there has been a ton of James Bond comic books. Yes, and there have been a few really disappointing Indiana Jones comics. So mm, I think yeah. that uh, what's a Dark Horse has who has who has the rights to the to, to the Bond comics? Because like, I know Dark Horse either, had the had the indie license. I assume they lost it when uh, it's either Dark Horse or Boom. Yeah, I I think it's Boom that has that has Bond. Boom's got a lot of shit you wouldn't expect them to have. Yes, and that being that being said, man, um, I bet Marvel doesn't even know they have the indie rights. <laughs> oh, I bet they're like, hey, what's what's in the records, guys? What's in the vault? Oh shit, we have this. Which kind of sucks because I would love to see some like really good Indiana Jones comics. And every time I pick up an Indiana Jones comic from the old like Dark Horse era, they're beautiful covers that that depict movies you're never gonna see. And I'm like, yep. oh, I want those. There, I don't know if you read these, but back when uh, the last Mad Max movie was coming out, they had like a series of Mad Max comics, like five of them telling like different stories. And I'm like, why haven't they been making Mad Max comics forever? This world is so great. This character yeah. is so perfect to put in any situation. Why don't they make more of these? Right. By the way, it's Dynamite has the Bond franchise. There so you go. That explains why you don't see it very often and why he doesn't cross over with anything. Yeah, that so. makes a lot of sense. 
Uh, here's a fun one in the nerdier realm here. Optimus Prime, Transformers, mm-hmm. everybody loves them, versus a similarly beloved robot, uh, the Iron Giant. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Hmm. Again, I think we need to preface it. Which version of Optimus Prime is this? Because there's like a dozen. I think that we all don't want to see the movie one unless we want to see him Of course lose, not. Because that guy sucks. Sure uh, does. Prime is like a maniac? Yeah, he is. He's a I'll savage kill killer. You. Like, well, good, my hero. <laughs> didn't didn't he turn evil in the last one? Wasn't that like a big thing they for it? Like Optimus. I, I remember they corrupted him and like set him against his. I didn't see it, and I'm never going Neither to. Neither did I. Uh, Same. What was, what was his stupid bad guy name? Like I'm Negamus Prime or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I will say that we got to go with uh, with the with the with the cartoon with G1 animated. Era, because that's the one that everyone's trying to approximate whenever they do him. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, I, I uh, oh man. I think the Iron Giant has more firepower. He, when he's mad, he certainly does. You gotta get him to that point. My question too, who's, who's actually taller and bigger for scale? Is it the Iron Giant or Optimus Prime? Because Optimus Prime's size seems to go up and down with interpretation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think that, I think that Iron Giant has a slight edge on, uh, on what's his name? On, on Optimus Prime. Little bit, like he's a world-ending machine. Yeah, exactly. He's literally designed to destroy Earths. Um, the question I think is what what version of the Iron Giant is he basing? Is he fighting? Is he fighting one of his like brothers? Is he fighting pre Hogarth Iron Giant? Mm. Um, you know, because in a po- in a post reassembly Iron That's Giant, right. like Hogarth is in his world kind of kind of version. They would never fight. He would want to learn from Optimus Prime, and he'd have a buddy if this was post-Hogarth. And you have two characters who both exemplify the qualities of leadership and like absolutely that you want in a in a you know in a hero. So that's a tough one. I feel like it would end in a draw, but I think if push came to shove, or if they were both mind controlled and forced mm. to fight, I think Iron Giant would beat Optimus Prime. What about you? I think Optimus Prime has the maneuverability advantage too, because he is a transformer and because he can transform and zip around. The Iron Giant is big and destructive, but also a tank and bulky. Yeah, that's true. But um, yeah, and he is like kind of like an old school, like old world kind of robot. Yeah. Um, you know, much more like B-movie, science fiction, 30s kind of character. And the Iron Giant is very childlike, where Optimus Prime is clearly more adult in his mindset, who can think and plan, and he definitely seemingly has the experience behind him. Yes, but that does make the Iron Giant more of an... I think gives him an edge, because the Iron Giant is unpredictable. That's true. Like, he would not uh, go for the usual strategy that might, like, benefit him. He might just lash out without thought. And also, too, Optimus Prime, seeing the childlike nature of this Iron Giant, might also be pulling his punches. This is true. So Because he wouldn't want to hurt. He would probably see him much like an Autobot. Yeah, I think that Optimus Prime would feel, would feel pretty bad for him. That'd be a cute story at the end. They work it out. It's like, oh, an Iron Giant. Now you're an honorary Autobot. Yeah, yeah. We'll just have to figure out what you turn into. Because <laughs> you can't join if you can't turn into shit. No, you can't. Do, no, that's called a robot. That's not a transformer. You didn't transform into anything. <laughs> Maybe they'll let you in those stupid GoBots or something. <laughs> yeah, Leader One, what are you up to? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them GoBots. <laughs> They came first, you know, so technically uh, the uh, Transformers are the ripoffs. 
Oh, man, that's an episode right there. Earmark that famous ripoffs or ripoffs that became more famous than the original. Oh, yeah. I know I've read a read, I've seen a list like that. But uh, we could go. do a ton just talking about street sharks and biker mice and all the things that ripped off TMNT. Yes, and the cowboys of Moo Mesa. Ah, oh, that's a deep cut. Or the <laughs> VR Troopers and the Beetle Borgs. Yes, and, the and, the, and with the Power Rangers and the, uh, oh, God. And, and the Kamen Rider Dragon Knight. And yes, I know Kamen Rider is the granddaddy of all those shows, but he can never make it in America. Hmm. For whatever weird reason. And yet lots of people love to watch it dub. I, I would say the Kamen Rider effect is a lot like the Doctor Who effect, where it's like that's what arch nerds were able to latch onto, and thanks to the internet can watch it in its original form. Right, exactly. But so yeah, so that's all right. Here's here's a fun one. It's it's the cover of the episode, so we might as well do it. Rick Sanchez versus Doctor Farnsworth from Futurama. Rick, Rick, every time. The, the uh, here's the thing, it is the same argument as Bart versus Cartman. Mm -hmm. it's like, Bart is mischievous. Cartman is a monster. He sure is. Uh, Farnsworth is dangerous. And yes, is unpredictable, he is. but is he is predictable in his inanity and unpredictability. He's also a lot more frail than Rick, who we now know is a cyborg. Yeah. Rick is a monster who would destroy him in an instant. He wouldn't even think about the consequences of his actions before killing him. If he was like, "Oh, I'm in a I'm in a versus battle. Uh, goodbye." Like, oh, so you're frail? That's it? Like, you're you're smart. Oh, well, if our brains were to be weighed against each other, you know, maybe that might be a way you have an edge on me. But, like, if it's literally just you versus me, th that's the end of it. Like, What's what's funny, though, is that this fight is actually possible because we now know that uh, Rick and Morty crossed over with The Simpsons and Simpsons is in the same universe as Futurama. So of all the fights we've mentioned, this one is probably the most doable. This one's the most likely to you, for you to have ever seen. Uh, but, yeah, I... I think that they would both... I think that Rick would find Farnsworth, Farnsworth's inventions just so stupid. Like, there's no... like. I mean, the joke in his... That's the other problem, is that Farnsworth is a is a comedy character. He is literally... He's a joke, mad scientist. You know, like... And his whole point, his whole argument is that, like, the point of science is to do things, and it doesn't matter if they make sense or if they're, like... If they have a purpose, the purpose is to, is to exist. Right. You know, like the thing longer and the oh yeah the golden uh, head thing that makes you see alternate episodes. A uh, Pazuzu. Um, yeah, Pazuzu, the fucking gargoyle character. <laughs> Damn it, Pazuzu! I paid your way through college. That's so weird. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I it's it's I mean like I, unless you have a different opinion, I mean it's got to be Rick, right? I, I, I mean Rick, I mean they they always hint at darker undersides to Farnsworth, like in the Christmas episode, he manages to build all sorts of like you know weapons and whatnot to keep robot Santa at bay. He always talks about like oh you know on a doomsday device and whatever, but he never actually does it. No, and that's the thing is that <laughs> I'm gonna paraphrase Jeff Loeb from Hush in this one where it's like. <laughs> I think deep down, essentially, Hubert Farnsworth is a good person, and deep down, Rick is not. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, wow, that, that does sum it up pretty good. Also, as we've seen before, despite being an old dude, Rick can move and Rick can brawl, and, like, he's actually probably gotten into more, like, fist fights this season. Yeah, no, oh my god. Well, Rick versus, uh, uh, Zeep. Stephen Colbert. Yeah, Stephen Colbert's character. Uh, Zeep something or yeah, other. Yeah, Zeep, thank you. Is just, just brutal. Rick will fight, and Rick will fight dirty on top of that. Yes. Well, he'll fight to win. 
Yeah, he's not afraid to hit you in the balls, gouge eyes, do whatever it takes. That's how I fight. Because I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to fight. And I'll say, make it very clear at the beginning. I'm not interested. I don't want to do this. But then if I'm forced, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm in it to win it. I'm yeah. not... I'm not here to like teach you a lesson or or prove myself. I just want to be. I just want to go back to where I was when I said I don't want to do this. So <laughs> if I need. I, so I'll just try to make it over as quickly as possible. I'm a surgeon, and this is my operating table. <laughs> yeah. See that cut above your eye, young man. <laughs> exactly. I can imagine. Yeah, Rick. So, uh, Sam in the chat was just, just Rick being like, "Oh, okay, uh, whoosh, Mr. Meeseeks, kill that guy." Yeah, that's true. Bender, help me now. <laughs> no, nah, I'm good. I I actually want to hang out with this guy. Actually, I think me and him would get along. Yeah, we're both chaotic in our ways. <laughs> the thing about that is, they uh, their interests always go back to their own. Like, self Bender and Rick are both selfish inherently. Yep. So while they might like team up, ultimately they will they will betray each other. Oh, of course they will. They'll betray each other first chance they get. Yeah. Uh, want another one? Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we have... All right. We're only 30 minutes in. Damn, man, this show's freaking flying by. Yeah. Okay, bring it back to action movies for a second. Oh, hey, we got a super chat. Hey, Ragnarok, old fruit. Uh, Rick wouldn't... Rick would win. He's like sci-fi Batman that doesn't even... Yeah, he doesn't even need to make a yeah. plan. He has no... He Batman needs prep time. Rick already did the prep. Like, that's... And I think that's because Rick is old. Like, Rick has been a yeah. genius forever, so he, he did all the prep already. He comes pre-prepared. Yeah. Good and call, And we Ragnar all agree with it. Good call, Ragnarok. Thank you very much. I would say probably the only other character who's even, like, close to him in style and tone and just, like, you know, oh, I already planned this in power would even be someone like the Doctor, like one of the older, yeah. more mad science-y, like, doctors from Doctor Who. But even then, like you said, deep down the Doctor is a good person, deep down Rick is not. Exactly. Rick, Rick could basically be the master, more or less. He could be, like, one of the regenerations of the fucking master. It's true. I, I mean, like, Rick... Morty summed it up perfectly by just being like, he's not a villain, but he's more like a fucked-up god. Yeah, he's not a hero, either. Yeah, like, that. that's it. Like, he's a fucked-up god. Because, like, if he can make worlds and end them and at a, at a whim, he's a god. Yeah, Capaldi might be a fair fight. Yeah, from what I understand, a lot of people drew the comparison from uh, Capaldi's Doctor Who, who was more like a cranky old man anyway. <laughs> well, uh, now, now, here's a fun one from the world of action movies. John Rambo versus John Matrix of Commando. Oh, shit. Okay, first of all, Edie Dizon says, Rick sawed the Vindicators. Enough said. I agree. Yeah, he you. did. Um, Rambo. Well drunk, too. Yeah. Um... Rambo versus Matrix from Commando. If you're not familiar with Commando, by the way, it's the most badass Arnold is, even though it's yeah, one it of is. the dumbest of his movies. Like, sure is Predator. Like, I would put, I would, I would never pick Matrix because he's he's so one dimensional and doesn't like do anything interesting. He is, but like, I would take uh, I would take Dutch over him any day. But that said, that's the only one where Arnold, at his prime, takes over a small South American country. Straight up, yep. like, and between the two of them, like, Rambo barely survived Nam, and Matrix took over a small South American country. Yeah. Also, too, like, Matrix probably kills more people in the finale of Commando than Rambo kills in the first two Rambo Absolutely. movies put I together. Mean, I mean, that's. I mean, here's the thing: Rambo isn't about like the body count. <laughs> it's, no. it's actually about like this poor man. 
But uh, is Rambo smarter, though? Would he be able to get by on sheer guerrilla tactics? Because as we see, he was able to fight a much better armed force just by leading them into the woods and freaking nomming them, essentially. Yeah. No, <laughs> I think Matrix would destroy him. I mean, Matrix even has the line in the movie where it's like, oh, you're a green beret. I eat green berets for breakfast. Yeah, and exactly. watch Rambo. Let let off some steam. Bennett. Oh, my God. Also, too, like John Matrix is basically superhuman. He flips cars. He holds the dude from the Warriors off a cliff with one arm. He jumps out of planes. He, he does. He, he carries missile launchers. Um, No, he's he's unstoppable. But Matrix is as, like, inhumanly silly in his first and only movie. Yeah. It takes Rambo, like, four movies to get there. Exactly. Now, to uh, where Matrix already is. Particularly because, like, at the end of the day, what we're really talking about is we're talking about Sly in his prime and Arnold in his prime. And at the yeah. end of the day, for me, it's always Arnold. In terms of raw top, just Sly made the smarter movies, and indeed he is an award-winning director. So is like he, he's got. Does more... he make smarter movies? We're, we're, let's, let's just do an off the head more, more count. More substanceful movies in terms of like First Blood and like the first Rocky. First, okay, you got you got Rambo and you got Rocky, right? Those, Those are the two. two. Are great. You got Terminator. You got Predator. You've got uh, uh, Last Action Hero. <laughs> but 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 he didn't direct those though. That's true. I would be interested to see a movie that Arnold directed. Yeah. I don't think he's capable. That's the other thing is that I think, like, what's it called? Uh, Stallone wrote Rocky, right? He did. He wrote and directed, and that was, like, his first outing. Yeah, dude has some poetry in him. He does. But Arnold is the... It, but Arnold's a, a hand grenade. He oh, really yeah, Conan! Is. Thank you, Charles! Oh, and yeah, fucking Conan. Conan. That's a good one. Predator, Conan. End of story. That those three movies trump any movie made by Stallone that isn't called Rocky for me my entire life. I mean, definitely in terms of filmography, better. I'm talking like in terms of creative output. I mean, yeah, obviously there's no content uh, contest in terms of like who made the better, more entertaining movies. Yes, uh, but that said, yeah, I got I got to give it to Matrix is because he can't die. And Rambo no, you really is like can't. Rambo's. It's the it's the Bond versus India effect, where it's like they're just regular folk, like regular man versus Superman. There's no. There's That's no true. Comparison. Matrix has a fucking bullet field around him where everyone can shoot at him, but not a single goddamn thing hits him the whole movie. Exactly. Thank you, Fraser. True Lies as well. That's another perfect. Oh yeah, there's another good one. Yeah. It's a lot of good movies. Although, hey, hey, now that we're talking about who had the bigger stinker in their career, though, you got like Stopper, My Mom Will Shoot, and then you got like Jingle All the Way. Like, who who had the worst stinker? I mean, I think they all share the Expendables as stinkers. Yeah, the Expendables are really bad. Um, yeah, it's really about like what. It's really what about, offends you more? Yeah, what offends me more? And I gotta say, like, Arnold's broken my heart more than Sly mm. because he made Terminator 3 and 4 and 5. Yeah, and probably this new one that they're going to be doing. I'm down for the new one that has Jim Cameron directly involved. It has Tim Miller directing and Sarah Connor's back. Yeah, the only people who actually seem to give a shit and make this one good. I am in. But uh, Stop My Mama Shoot is like, Stop My Mama Shoot is really bad. But mm -hmm. Some would say, like, Oscar's bad. I think Oscar's hilarious. So, like, <laughs> you know, there's some silly... Uh, yeah, and, and Judge Dredd, awful. But mm. also, like, kind of accurate. Like, kind of, like, really accurate. Like, the until it becomes garbage. 
and also the, endlessly quotable in its way. Yeah, and you got Kindergarten Cop, which is, of course, perfect. It's a great movie. Yes, I, love it. I also love, okay, you know, bringing right there, Kindergarten Cop. Kindergarten Cop. Plus, without Kindergarten Cop, you don't have Silent Hill, too. That's true. Or You're Hill, right. Rather. Uh, yeah. That's a shocking connection, but yeah. it's a totally real. I could not make that up. Yeah, if you want, oh, yeah, if you want two weird uh, Silent Hill movie connections, uh, the James Sunderland's wife wears the same outfit that Nick Cage's wife wears in Con Air. What? It's really weird, um, but that's a thing. And the school in Kindergarten Cop is the exact same school in Silent Hill. So yeah, it is. Wrap your wrap your brains around that, everybody. Yeah, I guess they just like that movie, and they. I guess. Yeah. Or, or like through a Japanese perspective, it's like ah yes, American standard. Yes. You know, this this, is, this is America right here, as seen through the eyes of Schwarzenegger. Yeah, like, Kindergarten Cop. Like no, that's a Pacific Northwest town that has a lot of money in it. But all right, fine. <laughs> Uh, we did uh, action heroes who are soldiers. Let's do let's do some pirates for a second here. <laughs> Jack Jack Sparrow versus the Dread Pirate Roberts. That's a hard one because they're both Mary Sues. Yes, uh, I, I would argue Jack fumbles his way through more shit. Like he's not actually good at stuff most of the time. Where Dread Pirate Roberts genuinely does seem to be good at shit and know what he's talking about most of the time. The Dread Pirate Roberts, if we're going with Wesley as the Dread Pirate Roberts, Wesley yes. is straight up Mary Sue. He cannot be defeated. He knows everything. That's he's the a point perfect of strategist. He is he's unstoppable. That said, he does die. Mm. Jack Sparrow is straight up Mary Sue in that we never even see him sad. Like, no, his, and he's see cheated death several hurt. times. Like, he loses in as much as, you know, he doesn't get to drink at that exact moment. Uh, he did get eaten by the Kraken at the end of the second one, but he wanted to do that, and he planned to do that, and that was all part of a bigger, longer con. That, you know what? I, I call horseshit on that. Like, retcon, I feel like he was just planning. I, I like it better when he didn't, and he's like, fuck it, let's go. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But, that, that, uh, that was my favorite part of that second one where it's like, oh, a hero just sacrificed another hero to save a third hero's life. Holy shit, that doesn't happen much in movies. Yeah. And te I guess like because he went to Davy Jones' locker or whatever, he did die. But there's never a moment where he loses and no. he isn't still talking and being the main character. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I, uh, I, I think that's another that, retrospective. We got to do the pirates movies and their drop in quality. Those, I, I, I've not seen more than the three. I'm like, that's, I saw the third one in theaters and I was like, fuck you. You tricked me again. I'm out. The, the, the fourth one is garbage. I have not seen the fifth one yet. I know it's out or coming out soon and I keep meaning to see it because they're like, oh, they totally used the force awakens playbook. Only they didn't wait as long as star Wars did in between. Mm hmm. Yeah. I gotta give it to Wesley just because I like him more. I, again, I kind of agree with that, too. Loved Jack Sparrow when it started, but those movies made me hate him by the end. He yeah. became the franchise's own poochie after a fact. It's true. I would never watch a Pirates movie without him, but that doesn't mm. mean I have to go see Pirates movies. Well, whenever Jack Sparrow is not around, all the other characters need to say, Where's Jack Where's Sparrow? Where's Jack Sparrow? Why isn't he here? They Jack that, needs to be louder, more in your face, and have access to a time machine. That is so funny, um, because it's so true. Joel is is quoting both Poochie from Simpsons and the like 
studio notes about Slimer from the real Ghostbusters cartoon, where yep. it went from Slimer being like a pet to being the main character to the point where they mm-hmm. changed the name of the goddamn show. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny how that like, man, dude, that's an episode too. We should earmark for later poochies. We should do a whole mm. show dedicated to the poochies of series. Poochies, snarfs and slimers. Oh, fucking put that on a shirt right there. <laughs> put that on a bumper sticker. I will put that on my car. That is the beginning of a like thesis paper. Snoochie, spoochie, yeah, spoochie. <laughs> Snoochie boochies, motherfucker. Yeah, wow, I just turned into Jay for a second. Anyway. Which you could make the argument did did Jay and Silent Bob become poochies in their own series at a point? They became poochies pretty much after Dogma, and by yeah, after they... I mean during. Yeah, I like Jay and Bob, and I love Me those too. movies. But uh... it was clear who was paying the bills there for a while. I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> Here's the thing: Moving. I, I'm a huge Viewskew fan. I've never wanted to see a Jay and Bob movie. <laughs> until you got it. I, and I really liked it, by the way. I laughed my ass off. It's a funny movie. I loved that movie. But the the like, stuff they say about internet culture is still fucking holds up pretty hard. Yes, but I would rather see any movie in that universe about Banky or Holden or Randall or Dante or Alyssa or Trisha or... <laughs> Like Brody, uh, you know, uh, maybe not TS, but like any of the characters. Yeah. Jay and Bob are window dressing. They are the watcher. They they establish you're in a shared universe. <laughs> They're not the main characters. Until t- they were. And by the way, like that's that's George Lucasian esque foresight on Kevin Smith's part. A little bit. Because uh, Miramax slash Disney owns. The Clerks characters. Like, Universal owns the Mallrats characters. Like, it's very Marvel, but Kevin Smith made sure to retain the rights to Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah, he did. Like, what a genius. Who's the most marketable characters I know? Yeah, it's not like I'm going to sell shirts with Dante on them. It, it also helps that I'm one of them, too, that I'm part of the package deal. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway. That's always good. Uh, hey, did you ever see that Andy Samberg movie, Hot Rod? No? No, I don't, I don't There's, see Andy Samberg movies. That's that's a shame, because that last one he did, Popstar, was actually pretty solid. You said, yeah. It it would have been more solid if it came out uh, when it was supposed to, because it's clear they shelved that for a couple of years, because there's a bunch of jokes in there about uh, SEAL Team 6 getting Osama Bin Laden, that's like, wow, wow that's these, are, these are out of fucking date. That's hilarious. How weird. There's... There's a there's a fight in that movie that like uh, underpins it. Different characters are arguing about this one. Who would win in a fight? A grilled cheese or a hot dog? <laughs> oh, good question. Also, is a hot dog a sandwich? I've seen a lot of people argue this one online. Yes. That's a hot like, dog is a sandwich. That's just that's fucking that's that's horse sized duck and duck sized horses shit for me. I don't get involved. <laughs> in that. I don't do that shit. But is the dress blue, Sal? Is it blue or is it a shade of uh, gold? I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Neither do I. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck. I just, <laughs> I just don't give a fucking feel, bitch. Give me my goddamn enchiladas. That, uh, that that was a joke one. Oh, also, it was grilled cheese versus a taco, so I actually fucked that one up. <laughs> You're like, actually, it wasn't even the thing I said, so... It wasn't even the thing I said. Joel's just fucking crazy. Although, it's like, I would be more inclined... Again, it's like, is a taco a sandwich? Of course it isn't. It's a taco, and a hot dog's a hot dog. It's its own fucking thing. Exactly. At the end of the day, the question is, would the people who created it 
have been able to create it if they had known about the sandwich. Like, or if they didn't know about the sandwich. But anyway. Mm. <laughs> like, That's... if they didn't know the sandwich existed, would they still invent the taco? Yes, it's a taco. Well, I mean, the origins of the hot dog were it was Polish immigrants selling Polish sausages at, like, early baseball games in, like, the 1920s, and they put it on a Kaiser roll so you wouldn't burn your hands. Yeah, and Sam, I did see that special on the Food Network, I, I know. <laughs> anyway, let's do this. What's next? Okay. Okay, so, so on to a real fight here. Hey, here's a horror movie-themed one, and this makes sense because one of these guys is getting a new movie soon. Jason Voorhees, everyone's favorite hockey mask killer. We were just talking about Voorhees, New Jersey. Yes. When we started, versus The Creeper, who's getting a third one soon. The Creeper from what? Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> Fucking Jason! Fuck that stupid, crappy character by that pedophile. No, nope, I know, right? Nope, nope, nope. But the creeper has air advantage, though. The creeper is lame and stupid, and was created by a pedophile. No, yeah, thank it was. You. <laughs> the creeper is also like also has a lot of bullshit as far as nigh immortality yeah. goes. You basically have to shoot him with a very particular harpoon through the chest, and even then. He's not really dead because he wakes up every couple of years. Yeah, no, the creeper is a child's, a child at play who's like, okay, we're let's establish what my powers are before we start playing. Uh, yeah. And then halfway through playing, being like, oh, wait, no, my powers are also this and that. And also I can't be, no, you didn't hit me. I'm also, I'm, I, I can fly <laughs> He does now. make up a lot of bullshit rules. Yeah, screw him. Jason has strayed far from the beaten path, I will oh, say. Oh, yeah, he has. But at the end of the day, he has an audience. And he also has a... Uh, he has iconic status, and he earned his spot. The Creeper has not. No, he really hasn't. So I'm amazed they made a third one. Is, is the OG guy directing? I think he has to, because yeah. I think he's the only one who actually gives a shit. Yeah, I think, he, I think he's coming back, which is like, get out of here. Yeah, that's that's creepy. You you are more of a monster than the monster in your movie. Yeah, no. The Jeepers Creepers one was entertaining. Jeepers Creepers it two is. was garbage. Yeah, it was. But even then, like any anything that you know about the artist is like, oh well, bye. But even then, like if they made Jeepers Creepers one and Friday the Thirteenth around the same time and had access mm -hmm. to the same amount of things to accomplish the things that they made to make the movie work. I still say Friday the Thirteenth wins. The Jason would, well, of course, Mrs. Voorhees slash Jason would. That's true. Uh, would take over immediately. There's no. You also have pre and post zombie Jason. Then you got Jason X and all the other yeah, stuff. Yeah, space Jason. <laughs> We're space. I, I suppose technically, in the battle of Jason versus Freddy, Jason won that fight. He He's did. carrying he his head at the end of the movie. Oh no! Yeah, he he did kill Freddy, and like good because like I like Freddy, but it's time to stop. <laughs> It'll never stop, Sal. Not as bad. long as there's money to be made. Because I like Jackie Earl Haley's Freddy. I was, I was, was really, good. I was really excited for like a new, you know, universe with good Freddy, and it, and no. He was working really hard in a movie that just had nothing for him. No. Just, just nothing at all. Oh God, did you see? They came out with a new uh, Texas Chainsaw movie just called Leatherface, and it didn't even go to theaters. It went to like video on demand and shit. I had heard that they were making it. I didn't even know it was out. Holy it damn! It is. Came out this week. They're like, wow, this is like sci-fi original movie levels of bad. That's like uh, when they made that Hellraiser movie because the studio is gonna lose the rights, and they were like, oh, we gotta make a Hellraiser movie, and it's like, you made this. Movie. It was just like that. That sucks. 
What's funny, too, is apparently they once again retconned the Texas Chainsaw Massacre timeline, which has one of the most confusing retconned histories ever. The other thing is, with, the Texas, with, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the movie is the 70s. Yes, like, it is. That first movie, that is the 70s. If you ever want to know what the 70s looked like, you can watch <laughs> Taxi Driver. Yep. If you want to know how shitty New York was in 1975. Oh, it's a beautiful time capsule, isn't it? Yeah. And Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, those are, those are quintessentially 70s. It, to set it in the 90s, you know, you're, you're making a different movie. Or the 2000s <laughs> or any of those eras. Like, to take it out of that era is to change the movie entirely. It really is. What, what made me laugh about the reviews for Leatherface when I was reading it, is they're like, oh, and the Sawyer family goes on the run from a crazy cop who's after them because they killed someone in his family. And I'm like, oh my God, you ripped off the Devil's Rejects. That's literally the plot of Devil's Rejects. Rob Zombie's homage love letter to the original Texas Chainsaw. It's a Xerox of a Xerox. Boo. Also, Only I hate Rob Zombie j- movies. Yeah. <laughs> Rejects is the best one. I, Just throwing that one out there. Ugh, I don't care. Either way. Well, who, who would be a better combatant for Jason? Who, like, actually has a chance against Jason, you think? Because it's like Mike Myers, he's just a dude, despite yeah. all the cult shit they yeah, built Mike into him Myers later. Mike Myers got decapitated in Halloween Water. So, like, I think that... Uh, no, I like I like Jason versus Mike. Um, I always like Jason versus Freddy. I thought that was cool. Somebody from the same era. It has to be somebody that, like, right. similarly works, you know? Like, but I, I, Jason I, versus Candyman. Jason versus Candyman work. I like Jason versus uh, the Hellraiser guy. There you go. See, I would have Pinhead. to give it to the Hellraiser guy because he's like all Lovecraftian and shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pinhead. Uh, you know, his whole thing is like is like emptiness and like you know, it's like there's mm-hmm. nothingness and it's like Jason is just basic. It's like Jason is just a robot or like a hollow shell. He's a roving murder machine. Yeah, I mean, like, would it be fun to see Jason versus Terminator where it's just like. Uh, you know, you got the, you know that scene in Terminator 2 where it's all yes. the skull. I mean, like, okay, so yes, you know the scene. Let me describe it again. Please uh, do. The 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 skulls all over the place. It's 2029. Blah blah blah. And then like you see the skull and the Terminator's foot like just crushes it. And then mm. you see this war so craziness. It's awesome. I saw it in theaters the other the other day, and holy fuck, was it good? Um, but you basically have that again, where it's like it's 2029, and then like you 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 pan. You know, across uh, the, the the war raging Los Angeles, and then you like fade into it, cro- like going across like the, the the nuclear fire kissed landscape of America. Goes all mm-hmm. the way over to like Camp Crystal Lake, where it's just a lake full of nice. skulls. And then like Jason just blasts out of the, <laughs> Love out of the lake of skulls. <laughs> what do you mean? There's no more teens to kill. I guess I'll have to start killing robots or regular people. And it's like we're, we're fighting Terminators, and there's this guy. Ah! Like. What the fuck? What the fuck is this? Like, why is the... Oh, and there's magic too? Fuck me. Like... God damn, we just can't catch a break in this shitty world, can we? No, exactly. Like, that's that's the fun of that kind of thing. I mean, it, it would be like... Yeah. So, anyway. I guess that. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. So, Jason all day, every day. Yeah, easily. Especially against the Creeper. There you go. Uh, here's another comedy cartoon one. Sterling Archer, super spy of Archer, versus Stan Smith, American spy of American Dad. Yeah, uh, Smith, because Roger. Because Roger would fuck it up somehow. Roger always fuck. Roger is the, like, 
he's like the anti-slimer in that like yes. every episode has to be in some way about Roger, but it's he also... organically became the center of the show, which is interesting. Well, because like Roger is a very predictable, but also un... like he is he is such a interesting character because he like he needs to be the center of attention, and so he becomes it organically in the show. Yeah, and so. You know, people people have to wonder about Roger because Roger wouldn't have it any other way. It's not like the show is like we recognize Roger is important, so like we're gonna we're gonna change the show about Roger. You, you like they've they've crafted a Roger character such that he influence he influences the 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 the, the lifeblood of the actual show. So like even if they do say at corporate it has to be about Roger, people love Roger. That's who Roger is. So. Roger changes the nature of the show. It's you know, it's the chicken or the egg. It's amazing. So it's, like, it's great too. Even like in like recent episodes, characters are aware of this about Roger yeah. to where he's like, "Oh, I'll take you to meet someone." Seriously, Roger, if it's just you in a fucking costume again, I'm gonna lose my goddamn. And it's always just him in a costume. Or whenever they like ask him for help, and you're like, "Don't ask him for help. He's going to take it away from you, and he's going to ruin it forever." And he always does. Um, yeah, uh, I, but like, while, and here's the thing, Roger wouldn't do it predictably, it wouldn't be like, Roger would be like, Stan's in trouble, oh no, it would be like, Roger would be annoyed that Stan was so involved in a spy fight that he isn't paying attention to him, right? and that he would then kill Archer to get Stan's attention, or he would try and work with Archer to, because right. like Stan would insult Roger, so he want to prove to Stan that like his opinion matters they, to him. They'd have a drinking contest because Archer and Roger are both raging alcoholics, exactly. so that would only make sense. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I, I think that Roger would be the end result of the show of that matchup. Archer is definitely deadlier than Stan. The show's yes. gone out of its way to say Stan puts on this air of being a big, tough CIA man, but at the end of the day, he's actually quite ineffectual. In fact, didn't never killed anyone for the longest period of time, and when he did kill someone, it was by accident. Yes, it's true. Uh, Stan is a fun character. I like watching him more than any other Seth MacFarlane show. Uh, Same. It's the but, last good one. Yeah, that's one of the good ones. Uh, but... Archer would beat Stan, but Archer would never be able to walk away because no. Roger would destroy him. It's true. Ar Ar Archer does kill people and has killed people. He's definitely got a bit more of a psychotic streak in him, that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, Archer doesn't care. Like, Archer's more apathetic, I think, than... Uh, he, he cares more now that he has a family and he has a kid and everything, but he's still Archer at the end of the day. Right, exactly. But it's also like, again, it really would come down to more of a battle of Archer versus Roger. And Archer's pretty damn chaotic, too. Like, he's gotten into some very Archerous situations where it's like, oh, he's getting sent to Pirate Island. Oh, now Archer has taken over Pirate Island and he's got them all playing lacrosse now because that's what he wants. <laughs> that's fair. That would be a cool matchup and it would be great to see. I still say Roger. That's, yeah. I mean, that's that's fair. You're right. I mean, he, he also, too, Roger has many powers. Yes, Roger has many powers. You never know what Roger's capable of or what, what Until Roger he does knows it. or how he can do it. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, Roger, yeah, uh, Warren says that Archer just half-asses, whereas Roger puts a whole effort. I'll paraphrase that and change it up to be like, to use a Simpsons quote, like, Roger uses his whole ass. <laughs> I was using my whole ass. <laughs> So, all right, we're we're at the point where we got two more, I think. If you if you want to prioritize them. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let, let me look through my list here. Uh, 
I got one that I think will be really good, and I got one that might be a little one-sided because I know you don't watch the show, so you can't really state precedent. Right. But you can state for one side of it. Again, this is this is like new school Cartoon Network versus old school Cartoon Network mm-hmm. is what I'm doing here. The Powerpuff Girls versus the Crystal Gems from Steven Universe. Yeah, I don't watch that show, but I say Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls have Superman level strength and abilities is yeah. definitely what they have. Yeah, I don't know who those characters are. I haven't seen a single frame of animation from Steven Universe, so I have no idea what you're talking about. I see. I think it would actually be a little bit closer because the Crystal Gems are aliens, also have a history of fighting giant monsters, and uh, against all else, they can fuse together. But then again, actually, here's here's some dumb shit. So you see, for the like reboot Powerpuff Girls show, they introduced a new one. Yes, I did. They introduced a fourth one. Uh, apparently, they can also fuse together too. So it's not enough that the Powerpuff Girls reboot isn't as good as the original, but now it's actually cribbing notes from Steven Universe Here's on the top of it. Uh, the reason why I don't care, or no, the reason why it doesn't matter is because like it doesn't. It's irre- the new Powerpuff Girls is a is a, is irrelevant. It's and it's, no one's watching it. It's culturally garbage. It has nothing going for it. There's nothing original or good about it to make it to warrant its existence. Which means that the culture will never accept it. It's gonna to be the Ghostbusters yes. 2016 all over again. Where Absolutely. instead of it being like, oh, it's going to change all this stuff, instead it's 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 more like remember remember Powerpuff Girls? It's great. Or remember Ghostbusters? It's great. And also they made they tried this other thing and it was really bad. Like you have to preface that. So Yeah. Yeah. Like I uh, yeah. And Cartoon Eric is dumping it on Sunday night, so clearly they don't give a shit about it anymore. They don't give a shit about anything that isn't Teen Titans Go. Which is fucking bizarre. It really is. So the answer is the real winner here is Cartoon Network because they are an all-enveloping force that will always win <laughs> no matter what. That's true. That's that's the real winner of this fight. Yeah, that's regardless. the real walk away. The, the answer is these two teams would fight. It would be very close. Then Cartoon Network would come in and be like, okay, we're not going to play any more episodes for like six more months. Then we'll play one a night for two weeks and then we'll stop again. That's so dumb. And you'll you'll have to wait forever to see this fight, and thank God people on the internet like it as much as they did, or it might not have made it. Oh yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's a, that's a sad one. That one made us all sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, here's a here's one that'll uh, prop us back up here again. Dirty Harry. Okay. Clint Eastwood versus John Motherfucking McClane. Yeah. Two cops from two very different cities, both with big, long-running series that got weaker and crappier as time went on. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Harry say... is more grizzled and angry, despite the yes, fact that like it looks like McLean is now. I I also don't say uh, in my head canon, Die Hard Five didn't happen um, <laughs> because it was it was the worst. Was that the Russian one? <laughs> yes, just legitimately the worst i think time and technology actually separate these two by a fair amount dirty harry of course loves his six shooter loves his you know 44 magnum the most powerful handgun ever made more than enough to kill anything that moves yeah but mclean's got his beretta that has more shots but then again he spends a good chunk of the first movie with no weapons at all yeah, which like, i think actually proves that mclean's pretty deadly without a weapon mccain will take any opportunity in any like I think McLean is more like me and like all of us because he's he is an everyman. He's an everyman. But I meant like me where he's like, I have to win this fight or I'll die. Yeah. So I have to like gouge his eyes out or like push his, push him through a window or, you know, and if I have a few extra seconds, 
I guess I'll kill you in a really, really hilarious way or a really, really yeah. inappropriate way. But like, I'll just kill you as mu- as quickly as possible. Like, I'm just gonna like murder you. Like, oh, Dirty Harry, other- I think, needs a reason to kill you, whereas McFlane McLean just has to think he needs a reason to kill you. <laughs> also, McLean does more general brawling in general. Like, I think yeah. he has youth on his side because even back then, Clint Eastwood was old, even when he was young. Yeah, we know that McLean can dodge bullets, and so yes. once he does. He just jumps at Dirty Harry and he just explodes into dust. I think that like, yeah, no, I I, I love Dirty Harry. He's iconic and 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 a badass. But McLean is the democratization of action movies. Of action movies, and you you can't beat all of us. This this is also what I was alluding to before about history won out on this one, and in history, John McLean totally did win that last Dirty Harry movie. The one where it's like, I think fucking Jim Carrey was the bad guy in it. That one came out in theaters right around the same time as Die Hard 1, and it got smoked at the box office by Die Hard, and it was this perfect example of, like, the changing of the guard in action movies. Yeah, yeah. So John McClane wins this fight and won in real life, too. I agree, yeah. Until he eventually fell to much of the same traps as Dirty Harry did. Until he lived long enough to see himself become the villain. Just He really did. Drag people Who's... out of their cars in Russia, punch them in the face, and then yell at them to speak English. Hey, thanks I'm on for... vacation. Yeah, I know, you're on vacation. You said it 18,000 times in the last two fucking minutes. Also, you're a bully and a miserable bastard, and your actor and... can't... And your, and your son can't act. Get Jai Courtney the fuck out of here. And, and uh, like, did you ever think John McClane would become like the ultimate ugly American in that movie? Yeah, that's not. No, that's Bruce Willis. Get get out of here. You're not John McClane anymore. And now, just to show everything coming full fucking circle, Bruce Willis is going to be taking the Charlie Bronson role in the Death Wish remake. He fits that role now. Like he does now. Yeah, but no, they need a just they, old and sour. If they needed to make another Die Hard movie, they need somebody. They need a, first. In order to make a good Die Hard movie, you need to have a script that was rejected and then just alter it so that John McClane is in it. Yep, that's, that's how, how they all over work. It. Except for Five, which was written to be a Die Hard movie, which is probably why it's garbage. Part of the problem. Because literally, I think uh, I think Die Hard Three was Simon Says. It was a movie about like it was literally about that. Uh, four was l- not a Die Hard movie, and I think Five was to, was literally written to be like, and then John McClane does this, and <laughs> like fuck you, there's nothing there. Um, yeah, but uh, it, you need a you need a movie that was a failed movie that you change into another movie, and then you gotta have uh, a director who will yell at Bruce, who'll be like, no, yeah, who will like stand up to Bruce Willis's bullshit. Where he's like, not gonna do that, Charlie, and you're like, hey, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah. Then we're gonna collect your fucking insurance on you because like you like you either gonna be in the movie and you're gonna do what I fucking ask or you're fired. Stand on your mark and do your job. Yeah. And I need you to act. Like, John McClane is a... Like, watch 1, 2, and even 3. Like, and he's, like, a friendly guy who actually wants yeah. to... He doesn't want to be there. Like, he doesn't want to fight. It's... Come to the coast. Have a few lifts. <laughs> but this this guy he's become is just an asshole. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's a harsh... Who, 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 like, keeping up with that, like, uh, you know, the democratization of, like, action movies and everything. Who Who is the modern-day guy? Is it John Wick? John Wick, uh, I mean... For America, people I would it was say freaking, yes. People thought it was, like, Liam Neeson and Taken. He was, like, the big... Uh, was like, I think that that's definitely the... Like, we're swinging back to the place of, like, older people being the action yeah. star again. Like it Which used I'm to sure be, has something to do with the baby boomers feeling old and outmoded and everything and needing to see cool action hero representations of yes. themselves. Yeah, exactly. No, like... 
yeah, the idea of like a character coming back from retirement and, and getting revenge and being way more capable than any of his younger people is like that's a death wish story that's like everything yeah. up to you know the like john mcclane and uh, everything and, is and circled and the expendables try to do that and failed hard miserably three times yeah i think uh i i actually i really liked two because it was such schlock mm. three is like fuck you one was like i didn't even bother because it was pg-13 i'm like fuck you i'm not even bothered ah digital blood splatter fuck yeah, that no but uh but two was like okay we're going r and it's gonna be just don't challenge me. I am John. I am freaking yeah. Jean Valon. I'm gonna kick a knife into your chest. Like <laughs> pure schlock, unadulterated waste. It, like it's funny. It's it's a shame you never saw the raid movies because Officer Rama from those movies I think is like the next level of John McClane, everyman cop action hero. They never explain why he's so unearthly good at martial arts. He just mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my, uh, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I think John Wick is probably it. I didn't, ex- he, he's a dark horse, man. That fucking movie came and went and then, yes, it is. Ray, Red Box, people were like, oh, fuck, this is great. I think John Wick works because he's so unassuming because he's freaking Keanu Reeves. You don't think he would be this amazing badass, but he is. Well, that's the thing is that Keanu Reeves doesn't have a personality and he's not interesting. So like, he just... We like him because of the things that he did when he did have a personality. Now that he doesn't, since Matrix, he can be whatever we need him to be. He's a he's the creator character he's of video a games. Like he just becomes whatever the genre needs him to be. It's and it, it also helps too that those like John Wick movies are much smarter than they actually need to be. Where it's like, no, there's actually this really interesting backstory with this like guild of assassins and everything is paid in gold coins and shit. Yeah, it doesn't waste. It doesn't. It doesn't uh, try to build a world you don't care about. Nor does it waste time trying to fill in gaps. That you're not even trying to fill. It's just, it's just deliberately being a movie, and it's just fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. It gets it done. It does the job. Yeah, I dig those movies. I don't like. I, is John Wick a character? Not really. But uh, like, neither is John Matrix. Neither is John Rambo. Mm-hmm. Neither. Like, I mean, John Rambo is. But like, all, all, all the, the Johns. Look at all the Johns. Like that should, should tell you everything. Like, you <laughs> His know. name is literally John Everyman. Yeah. So, you know. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, yeah. John Everyman. He, has, uh, he had more of a character in, 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 in uh, fuck, what's that surfing movie? Oh, uh, yeah, friggin' Point Break. Point Break, thank you. He has way more of a character in Point Break than, like, in the last five movies he's been in. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, I, I guess to close out the show, here's one we actually talked about uh, in Toronto as we were waiting for one of our many elevators at the Delta. Yeah. Uh, we were th- we we're actually trying to write this as a crossover because it's like these are two franchises that they keep threatening to remake, which they should never do because only the first ones were actually any good. Yeah. The Crow, Eric Draven versus The Highlander. Yeah. Oh, my God. OK, so both are technically immortal, except for if you cut their heads yeah. off. The Highlander a thousand times because The Highlander can kill you, knows how and has a sword. The Crow's really sad. But the crow actually gets, like, magical powers and enhanced shit where the Highlander is just a really good sword dude who got to practice swords for thousands yeah. of years because Sean Connery magic, helped him out. Let's go down the list of magic powers that the crow has that would aid him against a person wielding a sword right. that can't die. Uh, throwing knives in an alley, being really uh, acrobatic. Uh, he, he got a sword, too, in that scene when he was fighting Top Dollar and everybody. He, he loses in that scene. That's right, he does. <laughs> Because he loses all the time. Oh, Mr. Giggles in the Super Chat. John Wick plus Death Wish plus Coke Zero equals awesome mm. time. I agree. <laughs> Sounds delicious. 
But yeah, oh, man, I mean, no. The Crow is a... I, I appreciate The Crow. It is a product of its time that is like a... Per, it's like a beautiful, sad time capsule that a high schooler made. <laughs> when they, it's, it's when I saw it, when I loved it the most. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah. If you, see the, if you see The Crow and you're 42 and you're like... This speaks to me. Then, like, <laughs> there's an issue. No, <laughs> it's like it's like you need to go to every sad high school student, and give them a copy of The Crow, where it's like, hey, look, look, look at this, and also here's the soundtrack. Listen to this. Yeah, look, here you are. You're 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 not. You are special. You're you're a tortured soul. You just gotta watch out for guys with fairy tale names like Tintin. The fact that who's the main bad guy in that? It's Top Dollar, isn't Top it? Top Dollar. Thank you. The fucking the the jackass with the ponytail. Yes, and, le- and and the ruffled shirt, and yes. Ming-Na is, like, his sister girlfriend in one of their, Just her, like, first appearances. Weird. Uh, but so funny because th- I just watched The Crow literally a month or two ago. Did you? Yes. And uh, he doesn't even care about Top Dollar. No, he really doesn't. He is completely, he is, he is the extra boss. It's like, he's the, what is it? It's like, oh, hey, you beat the game. Here's another boss. Like, literally, no, yeah, who's the main guy? Because I thought Top Dollar was the guy, hang on. The, or is Top Dollar the dude he's trying to kill? But yeah, then there's the guy above him, which again, uh, Top Dollar, that's freaking, uh, that, that's the evil shithead from the Warriors. And also oh, the guy that uh, John Matrix kills. Yeah, no, he kills the guy... Uh, he, he kills the dude who rapes his wife. Yes. And that was awesome, and he's like, and he's super badass. But like, the douchebag with the ponytail, who by the way, it was not Ming-Na, it was Bai Ling. But, uh... The- Bai Ling, thank you, I mixed, that's where I mixed those up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, this dude with the ponytail fucking is the actual overboss who is mm. giving orders to kill people like his wife and him, and setting fires and blowing things up. He's an actual bad guy. Draven doesn't give a shit about him because he can't piece together the conspiracy of the guy who killed him and his Why wife they were killed. was literally working for the guy he could have killed at it's, any point. I just checked IMDb. It was Top Dollar. The dude played by David Patrick Kelly was T-Bird. Okay, thank you. So it is Top Dollar. All right. But T-Bird's the guy who kills in the T-Bird. Yes. Uh, yes, like, exactly. So, I wonder how we got that name. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a mystery that we'll never be able to solve. <laughs> yeah, no. The crow can't even fucking put together the simplest of conspiracies of a person who works for another person. It really was right in front of him the whole time. It's like, why why did they pick me for this random act of violence? Maybe it wasn't random. Did you think about that? Did Maybe you think they about had that, a reason. You fucking idiot. Uh, by the way, Nathan Berg did- in the super chat says, "Doctor Manhattan versus Galactus." I mm. answer that question with a, "Can God make a boulder that he can- he himself can't like lift?" Uh, can God microwave a burrito so hot that not even he could eat it? That's the thing. It's like, can Doctor Manhattan make a Galactus? Yes. Can Galactus make a Doctor Manhattan? No. Doctor Manhattan wins. There you go. At least if we if we are to believe that Doctor Manhattan is the guy who invented the DC universe. That's true. But the power cosmic is very mysterious, Sal. We don't know what its limits are. Gal- yeah, Galactus can destroy or create a planet, but he can't, and he can imbue people with the power cosmic. But they like, but then, but no, like, can Silver Surfer beat Doctor Manhattan? No. No. Because, because once again, like, Silver Surfer should not be able to be- defeat Galactus if Galactus has the ability, like, why would Galactus make his emissary as powerful as himself? He wouldn't. That's, and, and yet, shockingly, everyone can defeat Captain Adam, who is the basis who for Dr. Really Manhattan. Manhattan. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. 
Isn't that so weird that the character based on him is more powerful than he is? It, well, I think also uh, he's more interesting because... Uh, That's also, that helps. But, yeah. Anyway, so there you have it, everybody. That was our Versus episode. Thank you, Joel, for coming up with these these matches. I think that it was, Pleasure. A, it was a great brain uh, exercise for the, for the pop culture mer- uh, movie version of our brains, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, anything happening on uh, on Cape Joel before we close out the show? Yeah, actually, uh, if you head on over to my channel, I have a brand new episode of the Comic Multiverse. That's the show I do with Matt. We've gone video now. Oh, you nice. can actually see us when we talk, and everyone seems to enjoy that, which means I have to comb my hair and put pants on Sunday night when we record that show. No more, no more half-assing it like I used to. Oh, no. I know, right? I gotta work for my money. I gotta actually do my job. What? <laughs> This is a horse shit, man. You can see that. And, of course, I'll have videos coming out all week of everything that came out this week. So expect Batman number 31, the penultimate for War of Jokes and Riddles, Spider-Man 2, 3. There's a lot of Spider-Man books this week. Renew yes. Your Vows and uh, Spectacular came out this week. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not reading Spectacular anymore. I think it's boring and predictable and uh, it's a time. So I jumped off that train. But, uh, yeah. But the Vulture's in this new one cool <laughs> i knew that's what you were gonna say <laughs> but uh yeah hey uh if you want to meet me and tiffany come to the baltimore comic-con on friday or if you just want to meet me by myself come on over on saturday before four o'clock and i'll be there to say hey and hang out with you and we'll you know we'll, we'll say hello and pose for a picture also never be afraid to ask for a picture i don't like saying it because it sounds like i'm an asshole and i'm like full <laughs> of myself but the fact is never be afraid to ask um because i'm always down but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, stay tuned for back issues, everybody. It's going to be on Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Nice. And uh, we'll uh, we'll see you guys next week with an all new episode of the Elseworlds Exchange. I am Sal. That's Joel, and we'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.